Hey, Peter. Hey. You ever heard of a dust jacket? <laughs> like a for an LP or, or something like that? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yes, I have. I even uh, have a few. Well, I hope you have one on you today because it's about to get dusty up in here. Oh, let's do it. I'm Adam Annis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear Podcast. Music advice coming at you twice a week. Coming at you, what? <laughs> Thought I'd slip that in there. Gotcha, what did, gotcha. What did you just say? Hey man, it's, 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 it's you know, we're ever evolving, ever changing, ever adapting. So we're going to add an episode. I feel like we just went down to one a week. That's right. The people love us too much. They've been demanding this. They've been asking for it. We got to give the people what they want, man. Okay. That's how we do it. All right. So we'll do another episode here this week. Yes. I'm, well, I'm excited about it now. Okay, let's do it. Actually, the way this is going to work, it's already out. Because we're in the future, remember? How do you know all of this before it <laughs> Man, happens? I got it, I, I got it all up here. We'll talk about it after. All right, well, we can talk about it later. Well, today's episode is sponsored by Open Studio. Go to Open Studio Jazz uh, for all of your jazz lesson needs. Today, we're asking a question, and we're answering that question. How bad is the real book actually? Mm. And the answer is, it's not great. It's not great. It's not very good. Episode finish. <laughs> you'll hear it. <laughs> no, what I mean by that is, uh, is how bad is it uh, accuracy wise? Like, yes. how close is it to the actual songs that it uh, it claims to be representing? Right. And this all came about as I've been kind of researching some tunes. You know, pandemic project. Learn a bunch of new songs. You know how it is. Yeah. And I've been going back to the source, something I really like to do, something that's never been easier to do mm. than uh, these days where you got Spotify, you got the old Googles, and you can really you can try to find as close to the original uh, composer's intent as possible. Yeah. And so today I, I thought we'd share some, some instances where the actual song itself varies quite a bit from yeah. from what is in the real book and then thus like how jazz musicians generations now jazz musicians have learned the tune and you know old heads are always like you got to go back to the original go back to the source but sometimes right. they mean like freddie hubbard right you know <laughs> right. for us for a jet for an american songbook standard yeah and uh it's there's some interesting things so but you know another thing with this too is that uh what i wanted to to, to show you today is that uh, we can kind of go back to some of these original sources and you actually get a lot of really good ideas. Yeah. You know, because, uh, you know, jazz musicians, especially depending on the era that they were in, love to throw things like two fives in where mm. there doesn't need to be a two five, yeah. uh, you know. And so we're going to see instances where maybe that's not the best choice. You know, maybe it's cool to kind of like learn the as close to the original changes or learn what the bass is doing, what the melody is really doing, hear what the the counter melodies are doing and uh, just compare it to what's in the real book. Yeah. You know, and one caveat on all this too is like you know this is as good as i've done today with wikipedia and spotify so i'm not i as as much as peter martin and i look very much like old dusty new york pianist we're, we're actually, that's just the lighting in here right now we're pretty close to being to being old dusty <laughs> we're, we're, new york we're pianist. aspiring yeah, we're aspiring yeah future dusty. old dusty new york yeah. pianist uh, we are not. And so uh, let us know if you know. Um, I mean, I've, I've tried to find like as close to the original version as possible. I certainly don't have, you know, original, original, you know, cast recordings from a Broadway <laughs> only 1928 <laughs> show or whatever. But God let us forbid. know if there's a more accurate version, either by sheet music. I tried to look up some resources there. That's very hard. There's a lot to weed through. There's a lot of qualifying you're doing well, for this I, presentation. No, today, no. Sir. It's really more of a request of like, I know there are some people who are obsessed with this kind of stuff. Yeah. I am not. I'm, I'm not I'm, either. I'm going back to like where I think is interesting. And real. I really what I'm trying to get out of this is like, I'm trying to find versions that aren't done by jazz musicians. Right. Right. That are kind of done by more like popular song folks. Yeah. To see how they look at this, this song that everybody knows as like a jam session standard. You know? Yeah. So I approach it very simil similarly to what you're describing and I think what your philosophy is. But I add an even more confusing wrinkle into it. Uh, and that is that I'm very dogmatic against the real book because of the lack of accuracy in it. Mm. But I'm also very much against those people that say it has to be very accurate, just like the original. So I'm kind of a, I'm like a walking contradiction. I'm a walking question mark because I think that either side is a little bit, I, I'm, I get annoyed with either one. And I think that the music and the beauty lies somewhere in between. Yeah. But for sure, incorporating this element that you mentioned in terms of going back and checking out different reference recordings 
plural, hopefully, yeah, even better, for ideas, for ear training, for inspiration, not not to become dogmatic and have to be like George and Ira Gershwin. Here's a picture of them in, <laughs> in Brooklyn as they were walking on on uh, in Bay Ridge, and oh, they they yeah. said it was a C sharp. Nobody cares about that. Nobody cares about Nobody that. Nobody cares about that. Um, yeah. No, I mean people care about that. A lot, well, actually, lots of people. Care. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people care about. It. No, but it's not. I mean, just dogma for dogma's sake. And so, as dogmatic as I can be about like stay, and you've heard me say this many times, I I don't like the real book because. It's it's not right, but it's not even that it's not right because I don't play all this stuff perfectly the way it was originally intended. We're not supposed to. We're jazz musicians. We're supposed to be interpreting it, yeah. bring it to life. You know, doing an arrangement different each time. But the real book sometimes is somebody else's interpretation that you don't know where it came from. That's right. That's and right. And even when they reference it, they'll say like Miles Davis, you know, my funny Valentine recording. They'll say, yeah. but then I'm like, well, that's not what they played on there. Like yeah. at least you get, get whoever you're stealing their version of. Cite it correctly. Get that and, version right. Yeah, at least. get that version. Well, and what's great? So it's we have Stella by Starlight on here from that Miles Davis live at the Philharmonic, and that's a perfect example of when you can see uh, the 1940 version of those first few chords, and you understand what's going on there. Yeah, it actually makes Miles's version make a lot more sense, and it make help kind of helps me understand how those musicians, Miles and his band, yeah, were probably thinking about this, and it's not then just a bunch of two fives. It, it, it helps really helps to understand. Uh, some some different ways that jazz musicians have played these tunes over the decades. Nice. So let's get into it, man. I'm really Exciting excited. Stuff. So we're going to do four tunes. We're going to do All the Things You Are, okay. But Not For Me, yes. Stella by Starlight, yep. and Softly As in a Morning Sunrise. doesn't mm. get any dustier than that. It doesn't <laughs> get any more jam session tunes than that. I wanted to pick yep. tunes that I, hopefully everybody knows. So the first track that we have is All the Things You Are. Jerome Kern, Oscar Hammerstein wrote the, the lyrics. Uh, written in 1939, um, and the show, so I have, it's the show is called a, a Very Warm for May. Now, okay. I've never seen Very Warm for May. I assume <laughs> that's a pun, that it's about a woman named May. Right, <laughs> and right. It's, you know, like it's, it's, a, it's a pun on the month and the, and the woman. I could be wrong. If, if, there's, if any of our Dusty listeners know, <laughs> please let me know if you've seen the show. Yeah. Uh, but, so there's a couple of different, uh, recordings of that, especially uh, I, I found some early ones that had the verse, which is actually super beautiful, the mm. verse of this. But I found a recording that doesn't have the verse, but has Jerome Kern playing piano on it. Ooh. And so I thought we could play this one. And it's a really interesting story, this recording. The name of the album is called American Music, uh, what is it, Carousel? Uh, Carousel of Music. I've seen an article written about this. This is a live concert in 1940, one year after the tune was written. Mm. Uh, and I've seen, I've seen an article where it was called The Cavalcade of Music. It was a concert put on by ASCAP uh, for their songwriters to be broadcast on the radio. Uh, the whole concert has a very interesting history. I encourage everybody to, to just Google Cavalcade of Music Concert, September 24th, 1940. Super interesting. It was kind of like right when uh, the, the broadcasters started BMI wow. to counter the publisher's ASCAP. Uh, like this, like that yeah. competing publishing company started out of, uh, you know, money. Yeah. Obviously. None of the artists were seeing any of that, by the way. No, no, no. Just, they, this this had know. no effect on any of the songwriters or artists, but... Uh, but mu music publishers. So uh, anyway, ASCAP put on this concert with a bunch of their songwriters, some really great songwriters, including like uh, uh, Sigmund Romberg, who wrote Softly's in a Morning Sunrise is on this show, too. But Jerome Kern is on there. It's emceed by a guy named Gene Buck, who I believe was with the Broadcasters Association. Uh, so we're going to hear an intro by Gene Buck introducing who he calls Jerry. That's Jerome Kern. Okay. And this is sung by a singer named uh, Tony Martin. This is September 1940, about one year after Jerry, Jerome Kern, wrote the tune. Jerry and Kern. Old, What's up? Old Jerry Kern. And there's some really interesting things that happen here. Let's check it out. Here's yep. the intro followed by All the Things You Want. Now, are we looking at the chart yet? Yeah, go ahead. Put the chart okay, up here on YouTube. Up the chart. And also, by the way, our podcast folks, we have the PDF here that you can download. YouTube folks, you can download the PDF here too if you want to see all of it. So, what about Stitcher folks? Can they download something? I don't know. I don't okay. know what that is. Okay. Here we go. I've chosen out of the numerous beautiful things that Jerry has written for his next number, all the things you are. And we're to be privileged to have this little program embellished with the presence 
of one of the most charming modern troubadours. And Jerry's lovely tune is going to be sung by Tony Martin. Okay, there's a lot to talk about no, wait, just in this first example. Yeah, that's yeah. the melody. So, first of all, look at... So, yeah, I, I just have... in the last A section, I just have the last A bars. That dude sang it wrong, man. That he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't have the real book? Well, no, so this is why I... So, actually, so I found... So, that, that melody, that's the first thing I want to talk about. So, look at... Listen to the melody here. So, I hear people... Actually, you've done... I've heard you... A lot of I do that too. Why you gotta put me out on blast, man? What's uh, up? No, it's what the real book says. Oh, a lot of people play it like that. Right. So that's how I learned it. Right. And then it wasn't until someone, uh, uh, a, a virtual <laughs> potster, once told us, like, no, it's actually right. right? But that's not right. That's not either. right either. Yeah. It's closer. It's, it's closer. getting closer. But Jerome Kern's playing piano here. I assume Jerome Kern meant means for it to be. I can't find any published music where that's the melody, but there's this version, and then check yeah. it out, man. In the very did we we might did we hear Jerry curse under his uh, under his piano chords as as he didn't he so didn't. he he was approved of this. So the very same year, Tommy Dorsey had a hit record with all the things you are. Check it out. Oh, that light. It's getting a little jazzy, a little jazzy. Oh, check it out. That moment of Key of G. When all the things you are 1940s. Up still to the with that up to the fourth, just like yep. Jerry's version here. Isn't that yeah. interesting? I've never heard any jazz musician play that right. melody. You know what? I'm doing it like that from now on. Me too. Yeah, and everybody on here. Everybody Why do we tell them? I know, I know. <laughs> We're going to start a trend. Another couple Wait, of do we like it though? Because this is, you know, you talk about having to pass the smell test. We got to pass the ear test. It sounds pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I like, so if I put it, if we I put everything in the sort of the real book key so that we can all think about it the same <laughs> just way. Just so that we can totally contradict ourselves. <laughs> no, just so we can kind of yeah, yeah. compare A-flat, them. A flat major. Apples to apples here. Come. Or. Yeah. I think I like the version everybody plays better. <laughs> but well, yeah, everybody loves that version. So My why goodness. is it more acceptable that we can change the harmony? You like you know the people that get really dogmatic about the melodies? Maybe there is more more validity to really making sure we nail the melody and or at least have that as a as a reference point 
than even the, the harmonic structure. Because a lot of times, even like when it went to that four, the diminished over, I mean, the diminished over the five, which is a great sound, but a lot of times we're, isn't it, uh, well, where's the, the diminished? Yeah, the, the A flat diminished over E flat. That's what yeah. I want to talk about. You know, that's that Bill Evans chord we talked about a couple weeks ago. Right, right. The one diminished over the five. Right. Gorgeous. Right. But I mean, in terms of like, you could go up to anything within that cycle and, and it could certainly work. And I guess it's... Uh, That's, that's a big difference, right? With the five in there. So, this, so here's here's where. First of all, I want to. It's not on the chart here, but the chord that they they the transition chord from the bridge. Yeah. Uh, in most cases, people are going from E major. Yeah. And you go to like a C seven yeah. flat thirteen back to the F. Makes yeah. sense, right? Because yeah. that G sharp is there. Yeah. But this version and actually a couple of different ones that I've heard from around this time go up to this A flat augmented triad so it's like a c yeah you know but it's inversion. with a different inversion but that bass note actually makes a huge difference oh, huge. yeah there's something really powerful about that about yeah. that, that that transition there i love that so that's first thing and then the second thing uh a couple of big things some things i've okay so see the second chord in the 1940 version here yeah Right, yeah. D flat minor over B flat. I remember learning it with this chord. It's a B flat half diminished. It's right? a B flat half yeah. diminished. But then I remember in the in the real book version I had, there was a C minor next, which means yeah, this makes so much more sense going to an A flat over E flat. Right, right. You get that five one you get movement. That five there. So now everything is over this pedal. Yeah. How beautiful is that? Yeah. Instead of nothing wrong with that, but hanging out, and I think even the strings, you can hear them go like. Uh, down to the F, yeah. like a little movement down there, and then stays on the pedal. So again, it doesn't mean that everyone else who's done it the other way is wrong or that it's not valid. Yes, it, it does. It's just, yes, it does. No, no, no. It's, it's, <laughs> oh, it does it? Okay. It's Dang. really, really interesting to hear. Now, uh, another note about all of the performances of the Dusty versions yeah. we're hearing Corny, yes, certainly. <laughs> but hats no. off because there is no multi-track or overdubbing or auto-tune no. or anything like this. And uh, Tony Martin here, I think, crushes it. He's like pitch perfect, lots of emotion. Gets, they play it again, actually, on the album. The audience makes them play it again. Wow. Because they were digging it so much. So, nice. You know, it's, it was a whole other era. So there's all the things you are. Now, just for a little antidote to the corniness, though. <laughs> Let's let's hear how it should be done. Trumpet with the mute on it gets sharp. Slam Stewart's thing, big time. So that was out of that B diminished, I think. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Very cool. That's, of course, Dizzy Gillespie, Charlie Parker, all the things you are. All right, our next... Dizzy is so sharp. But you know, that that's that's the thing with the um, with the mute. The mute makes the makes the trumpet sharp. Did you know that? I did know that, actually. Yeah, yeah because it, it slows that air down from, yeah. from going through. But Dizzy, Again, man, love Diz. We're not, we're not being trying to be dogmatic here with saying, yes, like, you have yes, to learn the... But it's just really <laughs> interesting to go back to hear these compositions as close to their source as possible. It gets you some good ideas. You know? It does. And yeah. I think it's so cool because, you know, uh, I mean, who knows if Dizzy and Charlie Parker and, and, the, and the gentlemen were checking out these particular original versions, but they definitely heard more of them than we did. And so, like, to make that jump from totally. taking the song... And you know what I was just thinking about? 
I actually think I heard him go down to that five on that on that diminish, but because he's walking, like that's the biggest thing I think that changes these root movements is be, is the walking bass element. Agreed. So on the on these original versions, they're very stationary, and you've got the string arrangement. It's always in two. Yeah. Yeah. You know that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but it's interesting to hear the bass lines are very interesting. Yeah. They they tell you a lot about I think what the composer was thinking with the harmony. In, yep. Like when you get the bass line and the melody on these original versions, you're like, oh, that's why you would do that harmony, though. It's, it's pretty interesting. And I would say for pianists and, and, you know, certainly for guitarists, too. I mean, for everybody, you want to be able to hear this stuff. But this can give you some good ideas. And, you know, certainly Bill Evans was great at this. Um, but, you know, for different pedal points and just different root choices, even if you're not actually reharmonizing. You know, an arrangement can be very much about an interesting root movement. I mean, bass players are great at doing this as they're walking through this kind of a thing. Yeah. But we really have an opportunity in solo piano to maybe incorporate some of these things that we like. Yeah. No, there's just some really good ideas you can get from going back to some of these. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's check out But Not For Me. So But Not For Me was written. I'm singing songs of love, but not for me. Is it going to sound like that? It is. I feel like Actually, it might. Uh, so But Not For Me was written in 1930 by the Gershwins, George and Ira. Oh, 1930. Sorry. Yeah. I'm singing songs of love, but not for... Don't know why I went up half steps. It was okay. written for a musical called Girl Crazy. Girl Crazy, uh, I've never seen the show. I'm crazy for the girls. Go ahead. Never seen the show, but of course, home to uh, I Got Rhythm, Embraceable You, and But Not For Me. I, f I would feel like that's... Is that enough standards in there for you, buddy? Is that good enough for is that, you? Is that good yeah. enough for you? Yeah. <laughs> Change music even more, the Gershwins. So, but not for me. Uh, interesting history as far as its its uh, lineage here. What's so funny? Uh, Tortog, that these recordings are making me want to buy a cardigan sweater. You should, Tortog. <laughs> it's dusty, man, and the, the dust is cold. Now we're oh. we're getting all the record dust off today. Uh, <laughs> so Hold up, it's go. actually hard to Get find hoodie a, dust. It's hard to find a very dusty version <laughs> of of Girl Crazy's soundtrack. So there was a movie, a film in the '40s with Judy Garland, but. I did not like the music from the film. There wasn't, it didn't feel. Wow. Like, yeah. Wow. Shade. I know. Shade on Girl Crazy. Well, it, it felt Hollywoodized, yeah. to be honest. So I found a version from 19. You know where it was filmed? Where? Hollywood. Of course. <laughs> I found a version from 1952 that, that uh, totes being the original cast, but I don't think this was the exact original score. Yeah. But I think this is probably closer than maybe the film was. I don't know. Again, mm. for our, uh, our more. Uh, uh, our better, be nice. our better Wikipedia be users. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you can, if you can point me in the right direction, I'd love to hear. It. But this is Mary Martin, and again, kind of corny, yes, but very killing. She's got a great voice. Fun fact: she's my great grandmother. No, I don't think so. But it could be. Oh I'm a Martin. So this is this is the like sort of musical theater version of "But Not for Me." There's some really cool lyrics here. Again, a, a little cute verse at the top. And sunshine, listen, you never tell me dreams come true. Just try it, and I'll start a riot. Beatrice Fairfax, don't you dare Notation. ever tell me he will care. I'm certain it's the final curtain. I never want to hear from any cheerful Pollyanna. Lyrics on this. Who tell you fate supplies a mate. The lyrics, crazy good. It's yeah. all banana. Pollyanna, banana. Great writing songs of love, but not for me. A lucky star's above, but not for me. With love to lead the way, I found more clouds of gray than any Russian play could guarantee. I was yeah, a super hip, actually. To fall and get that way. I hope alas and also lack a day. Although yeah. I can't dis 
The memory of his kiss, I guess he's not for me. But not for me. Was yeah. 50s eyes a little bit, but Mary Martin, like I said, man, it's not, it's not the hippest version, but you know, there's it's hipper there, than that other stuff. It's hipper than that <laughs> other stuff, but there's no auto tune. There's no like she's there's no multi. There's no like overdubbing. No. She's doing that with the orchestra in the, in the room course, next to her, uh, and she's just killing it. It's just beautiful singing, and so uh, a couple of really interesting things. So first of all. On my research for this, yes. the real book has gotten better. I don't know if you know this or not. They've, they've, There's different versions, isn't there? They started yeah. copywriting it, and so the changes have gotten better. But the real book version that I learned this from when I was just a pup yeah. was like, and this is her, her version is in uh, G, but we'll do it in F here. The real ver- book version that I first saw had the first chord being the two chord. Okay, you know what? I'm not a fan of that. Stop. Full stop. Full, Full stop, stop, right? Because I've always, and I'm trying to remember... What my reference for this? Yes, that's that's been one of my big pet peeves. So. Terrible. Yeah, because that takes away the drama. That's the best part of the song is when it goes to the two chord. Yeah, both times. Both times. And then some people play it the first time because this is a double form. Yep. So taking out the verse, some people play it. They start on the one, but then the second half they start on the two. Same thing. No, that's that's. It that's always wrong. starts on the one except for now the we're second dogmatic. phrase. No, but yeah. it should be like that. Even yeah. so, we, I have a Majamal's queued up here, and they play the one. You know, yeah. listen to a mod. Yeah, exactly. At the very least. But okay. some really interesting things. So, uh, but the, 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 this real book chart is very problematic. In general. That's beautiful. Is um, he going to be doing that? He is going to be I'll stick around that. I'll stick so, around. So uh, here, if, if we look at the first ending here yes. that you have on the real book. Just uh, B flat major seven. Yeah. Not accounting for that C sharp. So you might say, okay, maybe that's A over B flat or B flat diminished seven. Yeah. But actually, in the strings, they have a G on top, or, or uh, in, in that version, it's an A on top. So. Like a minor six. Like a minor six okay. chord, which is really interesting, right? Yeah. And then shifting right up. And then the bass, the bass doesn't go to the minor at all. Goes down there, and then it does this. Yep. Right? There's never a uh, secondary dominant two chord, like a G7 here. It's all minor seven in the original. And then this is the hippest part. So it's like this E half diminished or G minor over E. And then there's this little figure. Yeah, I don't know about that. No, but so you could actually, I was thinking, I was playing around this with this today. Yeah. You could make a more modern sounding version with these original changes than with the real book changes easily. Like if you were to like. Yeah. Ah. Like you can really get some slick stuff happening there. 
yeah. those little moo chords, you know what I mean? So uh, that is the kind of stuff that when you kind of take a deeper dive on some of the older versions, the non-jazz versions of these, you kind of yeah. see some some shades of what the composer might have thinking with the melody and the bass line that could inspire you to make a pretty hip version yourself. So I love that version. Uh, well, uh, and I think that there's there's that, that's great stuff. And I also think the timing of the chords is super important. That's another thing that the real book screws up. So mm. you've got... Most people go there to the two. Yeah. But I notice this every time in that version that we just listened to, Mary Martin stays there. And then on the third beat. And then. And that's kind of regardless of what you do. What if you, you do, do the do minor there. third, the one, wherever the diminishes. Those, those that bass, makes a difference. Those bass movements make a difference. They do. And it's really, it's. I mean, like, it's, like we said, you can do it however you want. But it's kind of right. cool to know this stuff and understand where the, the original composition was coming from. And the whole thing is like, when you put this in your plane, I would recommend that if you hear something here, you know, try it out. It's, it's like fingerings for pianists. Like try it, let sit with it for a few, few days and then see if you like the way it sounds. This is not about playing it and then, because you're never going to have a chance to tell an audience, well, I guess you could. Yeah, yeah. We, I just played the original root movement on the beat three of the of the 17th bar of the second A. You you're know, welcome, cares. San Francisco. Yeah, thank you, San Francisco. <laughs> Give me my martini. No, but I mean... You know, but if it sounds good to you and you work it in and there's some kind of connection you make with the original movement, this stuff is important because it's not just the melody and the, and the lyrics. And we've got plenty of places. We can still layer some other interesting stuff. You know, maybe you take yeah. your time going down. That's what I'm saying. And that gives you a little extra time to get the... How much easier is it to make music out of that lower one than it is that that upper one? Oh god, That's the upper just, one wants, wants, makes me want to throw up all over this I MacBook know, right? and keyboard. So for a little bit of uh, for a little bit of tonic for that, how about this? I think they might have known. Yep. But it's it's thoroughly modern and arranged at the same time. Half step up. That's an Ahmadism there. So that's Ahmad Jamal live at the Pershing, but not for me. Easily the swingest, ver swinging, swingingest version of this song ever. Before we get to the next track, Peter. Yes, sir. Where'd you buy your original first oh. illegal real book? Do you remember? Let me check the date. Do we pass the statute of limitations? March 29, 2021. Of, oh, we're cool. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So I can talk about it. Baton Music. Me too. University City, Missouri. Me, me too. Uh, from a gentleman named, he was not a gentleman. He was a gangsta. He was a gangsta. <laughs> <laughs> well, we thought he was. I mean, that was the most illegal thing. I know. Were you a in, kid? Until I got into dr drugs the next <laughs> summer. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I was a kid. I mean, I was probably 15, something, yeah, me too. 14. And you go know. in there and you're like, oh, excuse me, uh, <laughs> sir. Uh, Kevin said that you have the real book. And I, mean, I, I think the first time, um, oh, it's funny, from the last time you told the story, you had a last name with that, Kevin. That's okay. I don't want to sell him out. I don't want to sell Kevin out. No, but I think the first time I went in by myself and I even got scared and I went back with Jeremy Davenport. We went together. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's so funny. Yeah, you yeah. Used to, for the kids out there who are wondering what the hell we're talking about, <laughs> they used to, the real books used to be illegally printed. Yes. And like you'd be like, you know, you'd have to go to your music store and it was behind the counter. Yeah, and they were like mad expensive, and yeah, it was it was a whole thing. And uh, I mean, this was like this is before like Nap. This was like see Napster and the internet used to be in, in real life. Like illegal stuff was being passed around, but you had to go physically have it passed around. This For is sure. before NFTs and <laughs> Napster NFTs. and all these different kind of things. <laughs> okay, so the next, first of all, before we get to our next one too, if this is what you want to see out of this channel, hit the like, maybe the subscribe button. And, and if then, this is what you don't like, please hit the, the <laughs> thumbs down button. So so that we, we either way we know it's a win win, right? It is There's a nothing win -win. wrong with that. <laughs> and then you can also check out the PDF here in the chat or the description of all of these examples between the two. Yeah, I've adjusted the keys of all of these uh, dusty ones for the. <laughs> Real book key. We've adjusted the names of the innocent so that uh, <laughs> except for Baton Music, we sold them out. Right. Well, they've been sold out. Been so I think sold we're good. For a while, yeah. I think they were. I think we're good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the next one, this is a notorious one. This is talked about quite a bit. Stella by Starlight, and it's really the first uh, eight bars. Notoriously, is inaccurate in the real book. Can you put that up here? Yes, and sir. 
Uh, the history of this song, so written in 1944 by Victor Young for uh, a movie called... B.Y. What up, B? The Uninvited. And one of the first hit versions of this song, recording-wise, was from a young, very young Frank Sinatra in 1947. Who? The chairman? The, the chairman chair- of the board. Chairman of so, the board. Uh, yeah, that thumbnail of him with the mugshot. We were trying to find <laughs> pictures of him around this time, and that was one of the first ones that came up, so we thought it'd be funny. And then to put Ronan up there. Farrell came up. That was, that was kind of weird, too. That's awkward. I, I don't that's know, awkward. I don't know anything about that. Uh, no, so Frank... <laughs> Frank's, Frank's 19, first of all, these early Frank Sinatra Columbia recordings are just a gold mine, especially if you like arranging, string arranging and things like that. And his voice, man, this is before the ring-a-ding-ding, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, really, he is crushing these. He is so good uh, as a young You didn't feel singer. like during the ring-a-ding-ding Vegas period where he was crushing it as much? Is that I, what you're saying? I, I love that period. Whole other thing, though. This yeah. is very, very much, he was singing ballads, love songs. And he was trying to be, you know, like a romantic heartthrob. And he was... Oh, he wasn't trying. He was very good Mission at it. Mission accomplished. He was very, very good at it. <laughs> so this is Frank's version of Stella by Starlight. Again, YouTube will put up the notation here so you can see the first eight bars of what he's doing versus uh, what the real book has. Yeah. And again, not that the real book is, and the people that have played, like Miles, who have played these changes from the real book are wrong, but it's really interesting to hear and see the, the harmonic movement of the original because it's like, oh, that's what that is. Yeah. So here's Stella by Starlight, Frank Sinatra. Strings, man. Jeez. The song A robin sings Five. 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 Back to the one. One dominant, right? Of endless spring Isn't that revealing? Yeah, I mean, yeah, everything the sounds good. 4-1 movement. Yeah, lots of 4-1, not a lot of twos. At no. even tide That ripples five, by a one over five. Where two lovers hide good air training. Sorry. Symphonic Listen to his voice here, too, man. What a beautiful turn of phrase this guy has. Wow, it goes to the relative minor. Yeah. Not just a bunch of two fives after all. Isn't that something? I love hearing that so much. So, uh, and we can talk about, because you've said that relative minor, but I want to talk about that too. Yeah. But if we take the most famous part about this. Yeah. So I remember people, I remember actually back in uh, New York at the new school, Doug Weiss, shout out to Doug Weiss, great bassist. Yeah. Saying like, you know, it's B flat diminished actually right. is the first quarter. Is that like, a dusty way to approach the tune though? Not that not what no. we just heard, but being in New York in oh. the late nineties telling a kid <laughs> from St. Louis. Is that dusty? Yeah, but big shout out to Doug Weiss. Doug I love the best. Man. Oh, he's yeah, the best. Of course. Uh, and if you, I trust anybody to know the changes is Doug, uh, but uh, <laughs> you're not answering my question. Is that a dusty? Of thing course that? it is. <laughs> okay. But look at how dusty we're getting today, my friend. Come on, man. Uh, so oh. check it out. So B flat diminished seven. So I remember when he said that, I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense going to that C minor seven though. Yeah. Right. Uh, sorry, like my chords in the way. Uh, going to the C minor seven sounds terrible. Yeah. Sounds terrible. But when you see what Frank does here, that B flat diminished seven. That's like a, a diminished uh, like a dominant chord yeah. to our F7. That yeah. makes a ton of sense yeah, all five of one, a sudden. Five it's a 5-1 five one to the 5. Yeah. It's a 5-5, five of five essentially. Yeah. Now, like it makes a lot of sense. And that the root movement of just 1 to the 5. What a fancy bass line that is. Isn't that fancy? <laughs> That's dusty. Back to the 1. <laughs> Back to the one. This is but, why bass players didn't make a lot of money back then. I see? know. Well, but they had to be on the, in the pocket for it. Yeah. Now, it's, is that something I would play on a trio gig? Probably not. No. But knowing that, 
Now it helps me actually to understand what's going on here on the top real book version that everybody yeah. plays a little bit more. Like yeah. I understand that it's not just these two fives that are in space here. There's actually a, a lot more going on there than, than you might think. Yeah, and I think that what, what you can still make the connection is, so we're starting here, B-flat diminished, or tonic. What, what was Frank doing? Was he in G? Yeah, he's in G. Yeah, ooh, I like that. That was, that was fun. That's a really good key, that was fun. actually, for this. But wherever, so we're at the one diminished, so five to the one, five of five, right? Yep. But then it's the whole thing is a bunch of places that you're not expecting it to go. We're, we're actually kind of going to the four. Which feels like the one, but it's not. And I know that they didn't go to that. Now I'm jumping back to the more modern version. Yeah, yeah. And then when you do get to the one, so it's all a journey from here yeah. to here. To here, exactly right. Exactly. And, now, right. and even if we do this version, Herbie Hancock, what? It's the same thing. It's a journey. It's just a different journey that you're going. That's right. And you know what I'm remembering about this? I had the pleasure and the honor um, and the good fortune and the luck to be able to play this uh one time with with Ray Brown, the master Ray Brown, Oof. and I remember him showing me. He said um, he was we're rehearsing, and I was kind of auditioning for his band, his trio. And um, he said, "Stella by Starlight, where's your trio?" Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Oh, good, I know that." He's like, um, "All right, right here." I was like, "Oh, cool, nice little groover." He's like, "In C, what?" One. <laughs> and I'm like, "Woo, C's easy, but ah, you know." Uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm like, "Where's the first chord?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and he's just like playing. I don't remember if he said C or F. It was something that seemed easy, but and I'm having to play the melody. But when he got here, what does it usually say in the fake? But we didn't get to that part, but that Yeah, it does that four but, minor thing. Yeah. But he said just two five back, right? Exactly. He said, um, let's say. Are you back? Two in? five to G G. He's like, that's the original. That's the right changes. Well, did you hear what Frank did, though? Is that, that's not what he did? That's not what he did. Oh, so well, come on. And I'm doing it in, in the real book key. Okay. B flat. So D minor, right? Yeah. And, and we're going back to F. Yeah. Oh, so that's so, that descending. Okay. So D minor to like a, a C sharp diminished to an F over yeah. C. That's mm -hmm. what that's what that's what Frank did. But I mean, again, this isn't the the original original. But I assume that that's pretty close because that's less of a two five thing. It's closer, yeah. and Ray Brown's thing was also closer to closer to that. Yeah, for sure. Again, none of these are wrong. You can do it however you want. Right. But it's interesting to kind of hear the different versions. Isn't that great? I love that. Let's do. A, we'll so do we a, settled nothing here. We said, no, no, <laughs> no. But we have options. We definitely have more have options. options. And we check. have knowledge. Knowledge is power. Now let's see one that has the quote unquote wrong changes. But uh, <laughs> you know what I mean. You know what I'm saying. Do you like this? Is this Come something on. you like? <laughs> is this the type of thing you like? I'm smashing like. I'm is smashing it, like. Is this the type I'm of thing like. that you like to see, Peter? Come on. <laughs> do I know Peter Martin or do I? Okay, we, we, we hold up. We gotta play that again. I got, I got, and I gotta stop disrespecting it by. But just listen to the. Okay, forget about, forget about. Wait, 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 wait. Forget, forget about. For, we played a little bit of Herbie Hancock. Peter can't take it. But you it. know what? It's not just. It's not this Herbie. This could be anybody. No, it couldn't. It could only be. Herbie. It could only be. It could Herbie. Only be Herbie. Yeah, of course, of course. No, but this is the thing. I, I mean, I've studied this intro, and like, <laughs> this means a lot to me because it was transformative to me when I heard this. I was like, I want to do that. Like, like, I don't know what that is, but I love that. And the simplicity, this is a very young Herbie Hancock, but we're, let's forget about the changes and all that kind of stuff. Just talk about music now and leading into, yeah, like yeah. you think about the way Frank Sinatra sang the melody and with the lyrics Unbelievable, yeah. and the lineage and the connection with this, but with Herbie setting the plate, obviously Miles comes in killing it on the melody. So gorgeous. Who's like fidgeting around by the mics? You hear they're worse than us. Man. Didn't seem like two five to me. <laughs> Come on, Herbie. You don't know the Frank Sinatra version, man. So that's Stella by Starlight so so from good. Live at the Philharmonic. Uh, yeah. 
Go check out. We oh, actually we have a playlist here in Spotify. I know Ron Carter's about to come in with the root. Four. I know. Four <laughs> notes of the one. <laughs> Bam. He centers it. So uh, you can check out the Spotify playlist too for all of these. We got a nice playlist for you if you want to hear the dusty version and then sort of what I'm kind of I put my favorite version. I'll be honest here. I'll put I didn't put like this the you know I mean a lot of these are standard standard versions for yeah. jazz musicians, but they're my favorite versions. So Ooh, our, Dusty Springfield, Vincent says, you remember him? I do. Oh come on, that was Dust, a little before your time. Well, wasn't it? it's a it's a her. Oh, it was. Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking of Rick, I'm thinking of Rick, Rick Springfield. Springfield. Different person. You're, you're, you're a Dusty Springfield. You're a, that's right. You're, a, you're a veritable encyclopedia <laughs> of pop culture, Pete. <laughs> Dusty versus Krusty. Yeah, that's that's a tough one there. So uh, our last tune, okay, is "Softly as in a Morning Sunrise." This is written by uh, Sigmund Romberg and Oscar Hammerstein. Who? Uh, Sigmund <laughs> Romberg and Oscar Hammerstein. So Rogers and Hammerstein. No, <laughs> no, no. Okay. Uh, Nineteen twenty-eight. This is was for... Hammerstein Hammerstein or Hammerstein? I, don't, I have no idea. Was he cheating on Rogers on this one? Because it's he... usually Rogers and Hammerstein. Yeah, yeah, he was cheating on Rogers for it. Okay, but, but yeah, Sigmund Romberg uh, wrote the music. Sidney Romberg sounds like an accounting Sigmund. firm. Sigmund. Sigmund. That sounds like a law firm. It does. Du Bosier and Sigmund and Du Bosier. Sigmund and Du Bosier Esquire. Available on Claiborne Avenue in New Orleans, Louisiana. Oh, my guess. So, anyway, <laughs> 1928. So, actually pretty young Oscar here, Hammerstein, Steen. Uh, and this was... I, so, this was another one because it was from an operetta in 1928. Hard to find, like, an original cast recording of this. But I did find... You have to go up to Vintage Vinyl in the Loop and oh look man. in those dusty bins of, of, of EPs and... Uh, 78s to find that, sir. Yeah, exactly. So I did find um, this album of uh, of Sigmund Romberg's and Oscar Hammerstein's called Desert Song New Moon. Oh, the name of the operetta was New Moon. And uh, this is an operatic singer named Thomas Hayward, originally from Kansas City. Mm. I assume this is sometime in the 40s or maybe early 50s. But this, to me, feels like it would be close to the original because the original is described as a tango, which nobody plays it as mm -mm. a tango. Uh, when they play it on, you know, the Kranzberg stage on the Wednesday jam session. Nobody's. Could we tango it, though? Is that tango? Yeah, you want to hear it? Oh, yeah, sorry. Check it out. We're here, okay. Love came to me, gay and tender. Love came to me, sweet surrender. Love came to me. In bright romantic splendor, fickle was she. It's a good verse, Faithful too. never, fickle was she, and clever so will it be. Forever, forever. So because in a morning sunrise, the light of love comes <laughs> Peter's dancing. <laughs> into a newborn yeah, if you're gonna, if you get beyond the barrier, bro, put the mask on. <laughs> flaming with all the glow of sunrise, a burning kiss is seen. More Zorro than Tango. You're gonna like my my anecdote in this cover. Check out this bridge. And lift you high to heaven are the passions that kill us. In G flat major. And let you fall to hell. So ends each story. What'd you know about that? That's very. Yeah. So uh, that's uh, Thomas Hayward. Kansas City's Thomas Hayward. Kansas City's own. Any relation to Gordon Hayward of the Boston Celtics? I do not believe so. Power forward. Probably but, not. 
uh, shooting guard. First of all, a couple interesting things yes. there with, with changes. But I want to just point out the bridge and want to point out how terrible the real book version of this yeah. bridge is. First of all, let's look at the last measure of the bridge on the original version. Uh, this version that we were just listening to is the key of G flat. Uh, so we'll go back to the real book key of C, uh, E flat. Yeah. So uh, this last couple bars of the bridge, be- this beautiful melody that you heard uh, Thomas Hayward just sing. You know what the real book version has? Nothing. Oh. It doesn't have anything. It's oh, got a the, bar oh, the, right, right. It has nothing there. They were just like, yeah, yeah. nothing happened there. That's nothing right. happened in that. Fill. <laughs> Bass fill. Drum fill. Yeah. There was nothing in that. That's how, that's how bad the real book can be. And again, uh, I did some research on real book charts. I think the more modern real books probably have a better version of this, but the real book I grew up with definitely had <laughs> the a bar of rest because I didn't know that until that's right. very way too late, actually. But a couple of really cool things. The real book version here is not bad. A um, couple of really cool things here with the original changes, though, that you hear just happen. I love this change. That's all well and good. Now this change is That's super hip. Just a little too dominant chord. Right. Back to this five. And then And then a little flourish. And then maybe a little, a little castanet. Back to the yeah. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, and I think actually I'm thinking the way Isn't that the way? I don't know if it was in the real book. I hear a lot of people playing it. Those last four bars, mm. F minor over E flat, as opposed to. Right. But it could be. But I think, man, this is one that when if I ever do this again, I'm going to call it with this. Because I like this. This change is so much more beautiful. And actually, we're about to listen to Sonny Clark do this. And he does a variation on this change. Mm. He doesn't do the walk down. Nice. Actually, let's listen to Sonny. Uh, This is going to be an antidote for the whole episode, actually. And just before I forget it from the other thing, I think... um, Wait, what were we doing here? I'm still hearing that other key. Um, There was a lot of one to four, minor one to minor four movement in the original. That's right. As opposed to the two, five, one. Well, it just goes to show you that that Barry Harris thing of that they were thinking about this as the four over the two. That's right. Is probably more accurate than we like to give credit to because they're all playing fours going to their five dominants going to minor, minor tonics. But I think two tying in with the tango, that's a very tango-ish harmonic move, right? You, hey, let me ask a question, Peter. Yes. Do you like swing? I do. Your little four in there as well, though, too, right? Uh-huh. I think I think Sonny Clark knew what was up. Yeah. The Sonny Clark trio, by the way. Yeah, he's definitely. Check out the bridge and look which one's closer. Sharp to I like that. Yeah, me too. I've heard, uh, and yeah. oh, did you hear that? Check that out. Listen to what Sonny does here. Too. The four. The, the flourish. No, he does the actual melody. Oh, right, right, right. Check it out again. It's part of the tune. It's part of the tune. Yeah. It's not just Sonny a, Clark. Melody dog mist. It's not just a bar of rest, That's as right. the real book would have you believe. That's right. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That's awesome. That's good stuff. Thanks, everybody, for tuning yep. in today. Uh, shout out to our podcast listeners. Shout out to our YouTube watchers. Shout That's out to right. you, Peter Martin. Good stuff, man. Yeah, good good, good to do this with you, man. I learned a lot. I'm feeling um, feeling like I want to be dogmatic in some ways and not in others, but I have a clearer vision on where my dogma leads me. <laughs> it's always good That's right. to have clear vision. Cool, everybody. Thanks. Till tomorrow. You'll hear it. To Wait. Hold on. I'm- <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Until next time. Sorry. You'll hear it. <laughs> I thought I could get you on that one. Escape, do, 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 do.